Before we get into this episode, I want to invite you to join a community of faith-based storytellers. Yes, Faith Audio Network. Now, Faith Audio Network is our online community designed to sharpen and encourage faith-based storytellers to use their voice uh, and overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So if you know that God is calling you to speak up, if you know that in this season, God is telling you to use your voice, whether that be on stages or launching a podcast or being a guest on podcast or even doing an audio audiobook or some type of audio experience, then I want to invite you to join this community. To learn more, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. Hello, my love, and welcome to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ by sharing the testimony that God has allowed us to experience in life. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you for joining me for another day, another week, another episode, and another Faithful Friday where we dive into the Word of God. Now, if you missed last Faithful Friday, we talked about how to study the Bible as a story. And I introduced you guys to my story method, which the Lord had given me, I thought, for uh, my business regarding social media, regarding podcasting, regarding emailing. But he had recently revealed to me that the story method also applies to how we study the Word of God and how the story method requires us to pull out the strengths, the techniques, the obstacles, the things that have been overcome, the relationships, and the why. (laughs) And the why. So always going to be a twofold. And so with that story method, um, for the next couple of Faithful Fridays, or at least for this one, um, I've been led to dive into some of the stories or parables that Jesus told through the story method so that we can kind of unpack them in a way that we can understand um, and kind of grasp the bigger story. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. And today's focus is going to be the parable of the sower and this is found in Matthew verse 13. Now if I'm not mistaken the parable of the sower is also found in Luke chapter 8. Let me confirm that for you now. Luke chapter 8. Luke 8 starting at verse 10. Um, So yeah so actually we're going to read Luke first. And then we're actually going to read Matthew 13 and go further, uh, do a deeper dive into Matthew. Um, But I think it's important for us to see what Luke has to say, because your boy Luke be giving all the extra details. And I feel like in this chapter, he kind of gave us a short synopsis, if I'm not mistaken. So Luke chapter eight, the parable of the sower. Okay, so... It starts at verse 4, Luke 8, verse 4, and I am reading from CSB Bible, the Christian Standard Bible. And it says, as a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, he said, oh, I'm sorry, where, let's start this over. As a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from every town, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the sky devoured it. Other seed fell on rock. When it grew up, it withered away since it lacked moisture. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up, grew up with it and choked it. Still, other seed fell on good ground, and when it grew up, it produced fruit a hundred times what was sown. And as 
he said this, he called out, let anyone who has ears to listen or ears to hear, listen. And then it says in verse nine, then the disciples asked him, what does this parable mean? And so Jesus said to them, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest of the world, it is in parables so that looking they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And so today, excuse me, sorry. And so today we're going to dive into the parable of the sower. What we just read is in Matthew 8, but what we're going to study more in depth is going to be in Matthew 13. Now, before we dive into this, you may be wondering what is a parable? Uh, we talk about how Jesus spoke in parables, how Jesus used parables to explain things. Um, but you're probably wondering, like, what is a parable? Now, the definition of a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. So a simple story used to illustrate or create a vision regarding a moral or a spiritual lesson. Now, another definition of a story, the concordance definition of a parable, my bad, the concordance definition of a parable means an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So when Jesus spoke in parables, he used earthly stories, stories that related to how we operate in the earth to reveal more of a heavenly understanding, to give us a heavenly meaning to what we can see and what's to come. So earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. And so when we're talking about the parable of the sower, we're going to look at who Jesus is. So we're going to look at his story, his strengths, his techniques, his obstacles, his relationships, his why. Um, and then we're also going to look at the story of the seed and the sower. And so first, just to give you a reminder of the story method, um, again, strengths. A strength is the quality or state to withstand great pressure, great pressure or force. Technique. A technique is the way of carrying out a particular task, especially in the execution or performance of. An obstacle is something that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders their progress. And overcome means to defeat an opponent, prevail, or succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. Now, relationship is a state of being connected by blood. So we know that we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father through the blood of Christ. Um, or marriage, the way that two or more concepts or people are connected, and a why is the cause, reason, or purpose for which something is to happen. And so let's dive into Matthew 13. Starting at Matthew 13, 1, it says, On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Verse 3, then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on ground, good ground, and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. So what does this mean? 
when I first read this passage, immediately, um, and even before I read this passage, I always pray before I study the word and I ask the Lord to give me a deeper understanding of what it is that I am reading so that I can, you know, grow in wisdom, grow in knowledge, grow in understanding, grow in relationship with him. And so I'm going to share a personal revelation that I got regarding this. And then I'm going to share what the word actually says, or first the personal revelation, then I'm going to share the story story method and then we're going to share what the word actually says and how we received confirmation from this so after immediately reading just 13 through 9 the verses that i just read for you guys this is the personal revelation that the lord gave me jesus is the tree of life he was born a seed grew roots and as he learned more about the father and the father's ways he grew and matured into a tree where he then extended a branch of hope peace love forgiveness joy and produced fruit in his disciples his followers and all who chose to believe in the father and he being the son each fruit carried a seed so each of his followers carried a seed and that seed is the word of god we all have the ability to spread this seed and share god's word so what do people or what people do with it what people do with this word this seed is determined by their heart's posture and their willingness to give up their life for the life of christ the tree of life so how will i take this seed that's been given to me today will i and then we're going to look at the different ways that the seeds fell so in matthew 13 the first seed was sowed, fell along the path, and birds came and devoured it. And so, will I allow this word to fall on me, uh, cause me to fall because of the intrusive voices or thoughts of others that deter me from the word or invite me to fall into sin? The second seed, according to the word of God, fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. So the revelation I got from that was, or two, will I be excited about this word? And then today, may I be excited about the word today, and maybe even tomorrow, but when I experience heat or when things get tough in my life, will I allow the word to wither away and forget what God has told me? The third seed in the Bible says that it fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it. So the third revelation I got is, will I allow the people around me or the people or my own heart and hearts or my own pride throw the word aside to where I only focus on my pain, my struggles and the challenges that I'm in? A thorn is something that causes bloodshed a thorn is something that pricks your skin and so will i allow the word to not enter my heart because of what i am not allowed or not already because of what i have not allowed myself to forgive and then the fourth seed says that it fell on good ground and produced fruit some 100 some 60 and some 30 times what was sown and so my revelation for that was or this is the last time. Will I meditate on the word day and night, plant myself in fertile soil and give God my full attention? Will I emulate and reflect Jesus, the tree of life, where I root myself in the word, 
grow in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, extend a branch to others by sharing the word, and produce fruit or make disciples of the nations, according to the Bible. Who can then go out and carry the word? The seed planted in my heart should be shared with others so that I can live and so that I can share with others 160 and 30 times more fruit than I can even imagine. And so this was the personal revelation that I got upon immediately reading about the parable of the sower. It was like, I read this verse and then it was like, let's journal. Lord, what do you want me to see? <laughs> Sorry guys, my nose is like running for some reason. So I was like, Lord, what do you want me to see? So then after I received this word, it made me think about what if the seed is life? So we look at this as the seed being the word of God. And when we receive this seed, we're a sower. When we receive the seed or the seed is scattered, there are four different ways the seed can land. But what if the seed is life? And there's four different ways our lives can go or four different ways our lives can look. And that was the next thing that I journaled about. And I said, God, what about life? What if the seed is life? Your word tells us to be fruitful and multiply. And so what if we are the seeds and you are the sower? So what if Jesus took our lives, he took this seed, us, and he sowed us along the path. He spread us along these different paths. Um, and there were four different ways that we could land in life, right? So... The first one is some of us fall along the way and vultures and people who hate us, envy us and want us to remain down and out will swoop down and devour us. Some of us are devoured physically, some mentally, some spiritually and some financially. So that is the first course of the seed because we can't see the good. It, we saw the good, but we fell and allowed things to devour us. The second option is some of us get off to a rocky start like the seed that fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, right? Some of us get off to a rocky start and it wasn't, there wasn't enough good around us, but we took what was good. Uh, we took that good, allowed it to be present in our lives, used it to grow, used it to get ahead, used the good to take us to the next level. But when things got hard again, we burnt out and we gave up because what we needed wasn't rooted in us, but only given to us. And it makes me think how many of us have borrowed faith or have borrowed other goodness and thought that that was going to be enough to sustain us, but it wasn't because we have to be rooted in the word ourselves. Now, the third one is some of us are angry with God. And this reminded me of the seeds, the seed that fell among the thorns, right? It says in verse seven, other seeds fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked it. Now, this seed reminded me of those of us who are angry with God where our anger with life and uh, where we're angry with life and we place this crown of thorns around our heart, causing us to have unforgiveness, pride, envy, jealousy, pain, and hatred. And that fuels our decisions, our thoughts, and our actions. And so it's not that we did not receive the seed. We don't even give ourselves the capacity or open ourselves up to receive what is good in life because we want to destroy any hope of good before it even begins because of what has happened to us or around us. So that is some people that reminds me of the thorns that come up and choke us in life. And then the other way that the seed could be life is that we seek and find good in everything. 
we seek and find God in everything. The Bible says that God is good. And when he created the heavens and the earth, when he created man, when he created the sky, the night, fall, everything he created, he said was good. And so we can live a life where we enjoy and spread joy by sharing the good news. We are blessed with a long and good life. Some of us blessed with 30 years, 60 years, and even 100 years. And we taste and see that the Lord is good. And we bear good fruit. And we also give life to people. Because again, the Bible said, be fruitful and multiply. So we carry this seed in our lives. We give birth to good, more seeds in our lives. And we are fruitful and multiply the goodness of the Lord in the earth. Now, what's interesting is when you look up the word seed, the word seed is defined as a plant, a plant's unit of reproduction, a source of development or growth, the capability of developing into such another or a man's semen. And so the sower, the person who carries the seed, how he goes out and sows the seed is also a representation of how life is given. The man is the sower and he carries the seed. And when people love each other and are married, they implant that seed that then grows into new life. And so when we talk about the seed being life, literally these are four different ways that we can find our lives if we can, if we choose to take the word of God or take the good in our lives, or if we choose to reject the word of God or reject the good in our lives. So there's so many different things that I've learned just from this passage alone regarding the parable of the sower, because we can sow the word of God and then we can also be the sowers. So we are taking this word, we are taking life and we are sharing it with others, but then we can also be the seed. And so let's look at the story method and see what we can unpack. First, looking at the story from the lens of Christ, right? So let's take the story method and look at it just from Christ's story. This, the only thing that they mention about Christ is that he told this story. So we're looking at verses one through three. And it says, on that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. While the whole crowd stood on the shore. There we go. So such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Verse three, then he told them many things in parables saying, and then he goes into what he actually shares, the parable of the sower. So what are some strengths of Jesus that we see here? Strength number one, Jesus enjoyed God, God's creation. Well, first strength number one, Jesus left his house to find relaxation, to find peace, to sit by some water. That shows self-care. <laughs> um, strength number two, Jesus enjoyed God's creation. So he went and he sat by the water. So he enjoyed what God had already created. But then also in the next verse, such large crowds gathered around him. So Jesus had a following. He had influence. In today's world, he would be considered an influencer. Um, and so that can be a strength or it can also be a weakness, but for Jesus, nothing is a weakness. And then what I also think is a strength is that Jesus was a storyteller. And so he got into a boat and then he told them, verse three, then he told them many things in parables. So Jesus was a storyteller. He was a man of knowledge and these people were ready to listen to what he had to say. Now, how did he do this? What was his technique? The T from our story method. 
Um, one, he moved. He didn't just stay in his house. He didn't just stay by the water. It says that he went out of his house. He did sit by the water for a while, but when the crowds came, he got into a boat and sat down. So Jesus was always on the move. How else did he do this? He was on guard at all times. He could have just been going out for a, a random stroll, y'all. He could have been like, I'm going to just run down by the water and just, you know, have some time with the Lord and be good. And that random time turned into a whole session with a whole bunch of people. And so instead of turning these people away, like many of us would do, like, can I just get some peace and quiet? He just acknowledged the crowd, allowed them to sit beside him, and he just started speaking. And he started talking in stories that they could relate to, to reveal things of heaven. And so that is um, how he was able to do that. And then another technique is he just told the story. He told the story of a sower. He didn't tell the story of him sowing a seed. He told the story of a sower, something that these people would understand. Now, what are the obstacles that he has overcome? This may or may not be an obstacle. Um, when you have influence, this is what I wrote down, when you have influence, sometimes you may need to seek solace or set yourself apart from the crowds or the gatherings. Now, it does not say here that there was such a large crowd gathered around him that he could not see or speak and that he wanted them to go away. Like, this, this does not say that this was an obstacle for him. He may well have known how many people were going to follow him, but it made me look internally regarding uh, a physical body and if I was to have influence, right? If there are such crowds gathering around me where I have to get into a boat and everybody else is standing on the shore, um, for some people that can be overwhelming and it can be like I couldn't, you know, move so I had to get out of that situation to set myself apart. But that can also just be a blessing. There are so many people here. God has sent so many people in his presence to receive the word that he was going to deliver. And so he just took the word that he was given, made himself or elevated himself or pushed himself to a position where everyone could see him um, and then just delivered what he was going to say. Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. And then um, another thing that he did was he got into the boat. And what I love about this is that uh, a lot of us may be seeking something, uh, but we're not willing to get into the boat. Like we may be like, oh, I really want this to happen. But have we taken the steps? Have we left the house? Have we sought the place to where the boat is? And have we got into the boat that's going to take us across the waters? So Jesus got into the boat and I love that. Now, what about relationships, right? This is the R in his story method. Who Jesus was doing this for. It's actually interesting because we can go back a couple of verses in this exact chapter. 
So when you look at chapter 12, so Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 through 50, it actually talks about true relationships. And it reads, while he was still speaking with the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to the one who was speaking to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. And so Jesus is saying here, as far as relationships are concerned, whoever does the will of the father is in relationship with him, is a part of the family of Christ, has a familial familial relationship. And so when he is speaking to these crowds in verse 13, when he's speaking to these crowds and telling them the parable of the sower, he is speaking to them, yes, from a position of a teacher, yes, from a position of a storyteller, but also from a position of a brother, a brother who is sharing loving guidance and wisdom. And then why is Jesus doing this? That's the the why in our story method. Why is he doing this? Well, funny enough, if we kept reading past verse nine, so we're back in chapter 13 and we've read about the parable of the sower, um, starting at verse 10, it actually talks about why Jesus used parables. And so in verse 10, verse 10 through 17, uh, it says why Jesus used parables. The disciples came up and asked him, why are you speaking to them in parables? Jesus answered, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking, they do not see, and hearing, they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's hearts have grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their own eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn back and I would heal them. Verse 16, blessed are your eyes because they do see, and your ears, because they do hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them, to hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. And so we see here, this is why Jesus spoke in parables. He says that some people's hearts are so hardened that they will not be able to receive the word of God. We just walk through four different ways that someone can receive or refuse to receive. You know, it's all based on the posture of their heart. But then that also confirms what was given to us in the personal revelation before we even started studying. When the Lord said, will you be someone who allows the word into your heart, but then intrusive voices deter you from the word? Will you be someone who's excited about it today and tomorrow, but when you experience trials and troubles and things get tough, it withers away? Will you be someone who allows the people around you or the instances in your life or your own heart and heart to throw the word aside to where you focus only on your pain? 
or your own desires, your own life. I think we talked about in the last Faithful Friday about how um, we live a life or we give up our life. We need to give up our lives for the life of Christ. So will you be someone who focuses only on your life to the point of death? Or will you be someone who meditates on the word day and night? who plants this seed, the word of God in fertile soil, who gives God your full attention, who waters the word and provides sunlight to the word so that it can grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Are you studying this word? Are you asking for wisdom? Are you gaining a deeper understanding? And then are you sharing this word with others so that they can go out and produce fruit and make disciples of the nations just as you are, as God has instructed you? So, I feel like knowing why Jesus used parables is so important because we may just think, okay, why don't people just go to church to get the word? (laughs) But some people will listen and listen and listen and never understand. This was Isaiah's prophecy, verse 14, 13, Matthew 13, verse 14, where it said, Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them. It says, you will listen and listen. You will never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's hearts have grown callous. How hardened does our heart have to be to not know that God is giving us a word? How hardened is our heart to be callous? You know, like a callous, when I think about calluses, I think about like when you're lifting weights, And you have like the extra, you have to have extra hard, thick skin to where no pain penetrates you. But in order for a callus to form, there has to be so many reps that you have to do. There has to be so much pain that goes on and on and on to the point where it is now built up a tolerance of pain to where you do not let anything else in. And so how many people are struggling with hardened hearts who are those thorns where the, word, the seed fell among the thorns and it came up and choked it out. So before people could even receive an ounce of the word, it had already been released from them. Their ears were hard of hearing. They're not able to hear this word. They're not able to understand it. They can sit in a church service all, long, all, all day long. They can sit and listen to podcasts like this forever, but they're still not able to grasp the word of God. Or maybe they sit and they listen to their Bible, reading the Bible over and over again, but it's just like a story that you hear and then you forget it. I want to say there's a scripture where you look in the mirror and see your face, but then you walk away and you don't remember what you look like. This is how the word is for a lot of us. And so Jesus used parables. He used stories. He used earthly stories with heavenly meanings so that we can grasp this message that he has for us. And this is a message of salvation. This is a message of the secrets or the wisdom hidden in the word of God. This is a message of eternal life with our heavenly father that's only found through Christ. Because when we receive the word of God, we are able to to plant that word in our heart. And when we're planted that word in our heart, there is a seed, whether it be a physical seed that is then placed in us where we can then go and be fruitful physically and create new life in this earth that we can raise our children up in Christ so that they never deter from the word and they can pass this word on from generation to generation. And eternal salvation is a continual story that people are able to receive. Or 
they can receive this word, this word of God hidden in their hearts. And as they meditate on the word every day, they grow in knowledge, they grow in understanding, they become their own trees that then bear good fruit. And the fruit that they give then feeds others. And that seed, that word of God is planted in what we do, in the work of our hands, in the meditation of our heart, in our thoughts, in our speech. And so there's so much power in just understanding that we can be the seed, we can be the sower, or we can be what is sown. And so I want to close with the confirmation because we've read Matthew 13 through 9, where it talks about the parable of the sower. We read Matthew 10 through 17, where it talks about why Jesus talks in parables. But then Jesus in this actually explains the parable of the sower. So I've said all these things, but here's the confirmation, right? In verse 18, Matthew 13, verse 18, he said, so listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along this, the path. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root and it is short-lived. When distress or persecutions come because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but worries of this age and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and who yields some a hundred, some 60 and some 30 times what was sown. And so Matthew explains Matthew includes Jesus's explanation of this parable. And what I love is that Jesus's explanation of this parable confirmed the personal revelation that he gave me about this parable. And it also speaks to why it was so important for him to speak in parables and what he wanted people to understand through parables. And so we know that Jesus uses parables, earthly stories with heavenly meanings, in order to deliver a word. And in this word specifically, he is saying that I'm sending my word as a seed. And these are the different ways that you can receive this seed depending on the state and posture of your heart. So the environment that these seeds were in are the environments of our heart. So check your heart when reading the word, when listening to the word, when receiving the word, when speaking the word. Check your heart, understand the true intention of your perception and reception, re receiving. I don't even know if reception is the right word I want to go to. The, the intention of why you were receiving this word or why you were delivering this word. And then how we can go out and then share that seed with others. And so in closing, I just want to share with you that Jesus is a sower and throughout the word of God, he sowed, not even throughout the word of God, throughout his ministry while he was on this earth, he sowed seeds of repentance and he sowed seeds of repentance so that all who understood that they could repent from their sins could experience life with Christ through him because God, the father sent him on earth to reconcile his all of our sins through his life.
And so the word of God is a seed given to us. Jesus was the seed. He was the sower. And he is also he was also sown to us by our father. And so we are called to make disciples of every nation. We are called to go out and take this seed, this word of God, and share it with others so that they can then bear fruit. So I encourage you and I ask you today, how are you going to take this seed, this word of God, this message, and how are you going to plant this seed? And then also in your life, what seeds have you planted that have fallen on rocky ground? What seeds have you planted that you've allowed thorns to come up and choke? What seeds have you planted that have fallen on the path and people and birds have come to devour it? And what seeds have you planted in good soil that have grown and produced a fruit? Take inventory of your garden. What seeds are you planting? And what seeds do you want to plant with Christ? So I encourage you to journal about that today. And I thank you for joining me for this episode and um, just diving into the story method with me as I continue to dive into the word of God for a deeper understanding for myself and the seeds that I am planting in my life and the seeds that have been planted and the seeds that will be planted because this is an earthly story that has heavenly meaning. And I'm excited to see what fruit the Lord has that he is going to bear in my life in this season. But anywho, thank you, my love, for joining me for another Faithful Friday episode. If this episode resonates with you and you want to learn how to tell your story or you want to learn how what the story method is or how you can apply it, all you have to do is visit faithbasedstoryteller.com and you can get the free download of my story method and it walks you through the method and how you can use it. So faith-based storyteller, singular.com. That link's going to be in the description as well. Um, and then I will catch you, my love, next week in another episode. So until next time, always remember that God loves you and so do I. I'll talk to you later. Bye.